Welcome, welcome to episode number 65 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Shahi, and my two co-pilots for this evening's submarine submersive adventure. Wow. You like that? Mm. Fantastic voyage. It's not your turn, please. 20 oh. leagues under the sea, or 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah, 20 leagues is not too far down. No, it's not, not too far. <laughs> the young, still. the restless, Carlos. Borguello. And less is more, crunch crunch is his thing, ruining films is his other thing, less is... Gonzalez? More. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jesus. We've been doing so well, we're going to fuck it up on purpose, Les. <laughs> and you know what, people? You're welcome. You're welcome. Just, just, throw you're welcome. In, just throw it and throw the wrench in there. Huh? <laughs> right. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode number 65. We're amped up. We're going to have a great <laughs> episode. We were supposed to have the one and only Jason the Ward on this episode, but last minute things came up for Jason Ward, so he had to pull out. Not that way, you perverts. But he had to pull out, so... We have got none other than Boo, Les, and Araj. Oh, no, ding, the, ding, ding. The three amigos. That's, that's all, all they need. we got. The three amigos. We will get Jason on very, very soon. And actually, I'm going to be on their podcast, Randy, Jason, Sal's. Now, this is a podcasting on Friday. And that is that. So that should be a lot of fun and good times. Now, also, we want to give a big shout out to Kate from But Why Though podcast, who was on our podcast last week. Kate Sanchez, and she was awesome, and we got such great feedback from that episode. So thank you again, Kate. You are awesome. We had a blast with you, and we got to find time to go on your podcast Mm -hmm. and invite you back, and we'll do it again. Yep. We geeked out like champs. (laughs) So thank you, thank you, thank you. So let me do the shenanigans real quick. You can find us wherever podcasts are played. Obviously, you're listening. Also, you can find us on Twitter, at the Sithless Boo. At the Sithless Boo. Crunch Crunch. At Less Is More 78. And you can also find our Facebook page at symbol The Sithless Podcast. You can get our email and hit us up, thesithless at gmail.com. We got some emails today. We also have a crazy hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And you can find our merch on TeePublic. Just look up The Sithless and you'll find our stuff. We're working on another shirt. Mm. And it's going to be pretty cool if I can get it done. What a tease. What a tease, like t-shirt? Ooh. Exactly. I like it. 
So look for that in the upcoming future. We also have some news. Well, it looks like we might be switching our day of release. Mm. And we'll get into that a little bit later, um, next episode probably. But I don't like change. I know you don't. But uh, sometimes change is good. No. So look for our podcast. Not, obviously not this one because you were releasing Tuesday. <laughs> but our next episode might be on a weekend. Mm. We might start on Sundays. So we're going to give that a shot. But we'll give you some more info. Look us up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We'll give some information out. But uh, yeah, things might be changing a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Get it out before Tuesday, which is not too bad. No. All right. Got out, that all out of the way, and I can take a deep breath. <gasps> Boo can crack open a nice cold one. There you go. Boo, can you give me a nice cold one? Sure, sure. What would you like? I Modelo mean, a beer, or? by the way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would Boo be giving you other than beer that's cold? A handshake. His hands are cold. The shoulder. Are you a clammy maybe, cold bastard? Dude? Maybe he doesn't have a good blood circulation. Oh, no. Did you call him a clammy little bastard? Clammy cold bastard. Oh, clammy cold. Oh, Modelo. Thank you. I'm going to open this up, and this is not a sound effect, people. This is actually... His nail clipping off because oh. he opened it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That He's... was my finger being severed. Yeah. <laughs> he sliced it on the right. rim. So let's get into the box office. There was this little movie called Thor Ragnarok that came out. And you want to guys take a venture on how much money it made? Ooh. Boo, you can go first. Uh, well, it's got to be at least like $95 million. Okay. Okay. Less? $1. Are you playing places right? I right tried. I'm sorry. You, should, you should <laughs> said $95 million, $1. $95 yeah. million and $1. It made $121,500,000. Um, yeah. Number one. And Bad Mom's Christmas, $17 million, And Jigsaw, I think, made $7 million. So Jigsaw is still in the top three. Jesus. Here's the crazy thing. Worldwide, Thor has already made $427 million because it's been out yes. for a couple weeks. Elsewhere. No. And it killed it in China this weekend. Hmm. Absolutely killed it. This Making Thor Ragnarok the 17th straight number one box office movie since 2002 that Marvel has put out. Wow. Yes. Damn. The, the, in 2008, The Incredible Hulk made $55 million. That started it off. And from then on, just, it's just every movie's been number one. There. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Craziness. We're going to get into the Thor Ragnarok review. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a spoiler-free review for this week. And then next week, we'll give it time for people to finish it. That's right. Uh, but we'll give our opinions on it. Okay. And we just won't spoil it. Not that there's like crazy things to spoil in the movie, really. No, I don't. Right? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, but so we'll get into that. Okay, let's talk some random schmeels, guys. Night of the Living Dead. Since last week was Halloween, so earlier in the week, Cameron Romero, which is the son of the late George Romero, thank you, <laughs> announced that his own original screenplay, written as an origin story for his father's zombie franchise, is officially going into production. He shared the film's title with fans. Rise of the Living Dead. Mm. Ooh. He did this I on like Halloween night. Yeah. He officially revealed that Rise of the Living Dead is happening. Not only that, but apparently the late creator of the late Living Dead has already given his approval, according to the younger Romero. So what he put out was, he said this, my dad read the script and called it genius. I'm not just saying that from pride. It's an actual quote. I have it in an email to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> and this was reported by the Hollywood Reporter last week. Right, right, right after Halloween. So, what do you guys think about this? Obviously, Night of the Living Dead is one of the classic horror film ever. 
Mm-hmm. Some people arguably think. So what do you think about an origin story and getting the blessing from the, the father before he passed away? You want to take this boo first? Yeah, sounds like a cool idea. Sounds like a cool idea. I love zombies, so if I can get more zombie in my life, that's great. An origin story, as far as how much further back they're going to go, because you know, a lot of other zombie franchises have done origin stories, so there's, there's got to be some kind of disease or, or beginning or something like that. And uh, so there's not much to change there, but the, the great thing about horror or uh, zombie movies is the interactions of the characters. People are like, oh, look at the zombies, but the characters are the more important thing. So I, 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 hope, I hope they concentrate more on that. The one thing that makes me nervous is that Cameron hasn't made a movie, if, as far as I'm concerned. I may, I may be wrong, but I I'm, I'm, haven't heard of any of his stuff, if, if he's done anything. So it kind of makes me feel like uh, with uh, Sofia Coppola, not that she's terrible, but she's not her dad. So, so, so it's like one of those situations where I hope he's just not riding on the coattails of his father. It, it, it seems like he's not. I see what you're saying. It seems like he's not, but that's the one thing that makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. So Vyakov has become a pretty critically acclaimed director. Yeah, mm-hmm. solid. Solid, solid but totally different types of film. Yes. Very indie. Mm-hmm. Very different movies. Um, I know she can't act because she killed Godfather 3, <laughs> unfortunately. Les, what do you think about this? Night of the Living Dead or the rise of the Living Dead? I I think I think this is a great idea. I really would like to see it. I think what gets lost a lot of times is and what I think they can use to make franchise or even flesh things out is a lot of times you get especially with these zombie movies you get news reports. Mm-hmm. So you get what's going on in the world to try to connect or give you a timeline of what's going on and sometimes those are very interesting. Yeah. For those of you who I'm sure have the copy of the remake of Dawn of the Dead, there's some extras on there. And one of them is the broadcast from the news station. It goes in straight into emergency broadcast mode. And the guy's sitting at the desk and he's broadcasting all kinds of crazy events going on. So maybe that might be what the route they could take is something like that. Or at least... I don't know what they're going to do as far as the prequel. Maybe they're, it's some kind of lab accident or something like that, but it's going to be, ex- be a tie in to Walking Dead, I heard. Huh. Oh, they're going to tie it all together. That's I'm just great. Kidding. No, but you know, it's if they can universe. utilize the, 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 uh, the media and the press as it's going on, because that's one of the biggest things in Night of the Living Dead. That's one of the first things you hear mm-hmm. is in the radio. She's listening on the radio mm-hmm. in the car and it, you know, makes an announcement, you know, there's some weird stuff going on. So. That would be pretty cool. Go ahead, Boo. You were going to say something? Yeah, well, going back to what Les is saying, that's a really good idea, is having the story from a newsroom, like a CNN newsroom, huh? where they see everything going on, and they have reporters on the ground. That so, is... so you get it from their perspective, and that person dies, and it comes back to the newsroom. They go, oh, shit. And eventually, it becomes more and more real, where they start losing more and more no. correspondence on the ground, until eventually, the newsroom is swarmed. And then, that's when you know that it's... Now it's the night of the living well, dead. That's, that would be that's a but great that's idea. That's actually Les. a DVD extra on Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, it is one of the from best, the newsroom. It's one of the best DVD extras out there. It's a whole thing. You can just watch that alone without watching the movie, and it was so badass. You're not allowed to say Zack Snyder's name anymore. And I was going to say, <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, but yes, <laughs> it John, is from him. John Wim. He's he he's mad at us because we talked some shit on DC Aww. last week. Hey, but Wim, I like we got an email. From I like Wim. Zack Snyder, yeah. and I'm going to tell Coming you right up. now, Wim, that that DVD extra. If you guys are chilling out, watching that remake of Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. and you have the whole the the bonus 
DVD or whichever one it is, the deluxe edition. Trust me, look that extra up, and then if you're not entertained, you can at me. They are Ooh. called Blu-rays now, buddy. Okay, get on it. We're Either in way. 2017. Digital downloads now. I don't know what the Blu-rays oh, are off. anymore. Yeah, fucking millennial. <laughs> Streams all day. There you go. You're right. Stream you're actually it. right. <laughs> all right. So yeah, great idea. And if he blessed it, I'm down for it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially zo- that. Yeah. Zombies aren't my thing, even though I, I've said before I love The Walking Dead. Zombies aren't my thing. It, they don't scare me at all. Like, at all. I think they're kind of dumb. But, of course, Night of Living Dead was such a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't hate on it. So, I'll definitely give it a shot. All right, let's get into this thing, which is interesting. Lion King has announced its cast. <laughs> The live-action Lion King has been announced by Disney. They tweeted it out. Mm. I believe it was on Monday. I'm not sure. It was earlier this week. Some of the stuff we knew, but some of the stuff I'm very, very excited about. So let me give you the cast. So Adult Simba is going to be Donald Glover, Mm. Lando Calrissian, and Childish Gambino himself. (laughs) Nala is going to be Queen Bee, Beyonce. Really? I am very excited. (laughs) Very excited. Mufasa, James Earl Jones, reprises his role. Of course. Here's the thing that threw me off. Scar is Chetuel, okay, Ejiofor, That's who's right. a fantastic actor. Give he's me, in, he's give a 12 Years a Slave. Ah, okay. He's, he's amazing. He was in Doctor Strange. Yes. He's Baron yes. Mordo in Doctor Strange. Great actor. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, my confusion is Jeremy Irons is still alive, and he's a great actor. Why not? Have him reprise the role if James Earl Jones reprises the role. He might not might not have wanted to do it. Yeah, maybe. I, I would. Okay. Maybe maybe they're trying to do with a full. I mean, I hate to say it, but a full African American. That's or African, right, a black cast. I don't think so because John Oliver is Zazu. Okay. And John Candy is Rafiki. I don't know who that is. John. Who? John Candy. John Candy. Connie K A N I is Rafiki. I don't know who that is. Huh. Seth Rogen is Pumba. Nice. He looks That's like about Pumbaa, right. So That's that'll be about funny, right? Yeah. And some of the other people I don't really know. Um, so uh, except for Keenan Michael Key is Kamari, and other than that, I don't Kamari know. Kamari is the one of the hyenas, right? Probably. Also, what's cool is along with the cast announcement, they revealed that Hans Zimmer is coming back to do the score, and like what he did with Beauty and the Beast, he added some new songs. So there's probably going to be some new songs. Mm. And I wonder if Elton John's going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys think about this live-action Beauty and the Beast? We saw a live-action Jungle Book. They're doing a live-action Aladdin. That's not going to be like the, the animal ones, but they're doing right. live-action films of their old cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you, how do you think this is going to play out? We saw. Well, I'm so dumb. We saw Beauty and the Beast that made yes. a billion fucking dollars. We let you do that one, yeah. Yeah, thanks. So what do you, th- do you think this is going to be a huge success? Yes. Less? Of course. It's going to be huge, isn't yes. it? Yes. Because this is one of the greatest and most popular Disney animated mm-hmm. features of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Which means we'll get get ready for Frozen. You know, you're so crazy that you said that because today- Just get ready, people. I, you know what? I was at the mall yesterday, and I saw they were at Macy's. They were giving away Olaf's if you signed up for something. I said, they're fucking still fucking plugging Olaf? It's holiday <laughs> and, season, and then I, bro. Then I thought to myself- Holy shit, why don't they do a live action Frozen? You guarantee they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, action why film. not? Probably in like five years after you milk the animated feature as much as they can. Something is a Disney movie coming out. There's a short. Sometime? There's a short that they're going to play with Olaf. Oh, okay. Mm. There's a Disney oh, maybe short. Maybe Olaf. Oh, Coco. 
In Coco, Coco. yes. Oh, there's a, there's a the company right. in short featuring Olaf because it's holiday season and why not? And by the way, Coco has been getting rave reviews. Like, I actually really, do want to really see good. that. Yeah. And they named it after my dog, so which is really which cool. Which is pretty cool. Very yeah. nice of them. Yeah. Very nice of them. Okay. Well, there you go. Lion King. Beyonce's in it. That's all I needed. You're I don't give a, yeah, I didn't give a shit about anybody else other than obviously James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. Donald Glover. All right, let's get into what we want to get into, which is Marvel stuff, and let's get into Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Now we saw Ragnarok opening night, and let me tell you a little story. We went out and got some pizza before we went and saw it. Mistake number one: <laughs> a place called Blaze Pizza, where you can make your own pizza, and it's kind of you know. They give you a lot. <laughs> Second mistake. We went to a theater that had those fucking leather chairs. They were reclined. That recline, incline, decline, recline. It did all the clines. <laughs> Kevin Klein. Him Calvin too. Klein. <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> Felt like Calvin Klein leather. <laughs> but sat down, and the first thing I did is I said, oh, shit. But I was prepared. I took a five-hour energy mm-hmm. right before the movie started. I saved it. I saved it because I didn't want to fucking fall asleep during Ragnarok. Right? Who the fuck falls asleep during Ragnarok? You know who falls asleep? This guy falls asleep. Yep. I fucking fell asleep for about 45 minutes in the middle of the film, which I've heard now that it's the most important parts of the film and it's the best parts of the film. (laughs) Yeah. So from what I saw for the first half hour and the last 40 minutes, I really liked. I thought it was fun. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I thought it was uh, entertaining. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Can't get cooler than that dude. Mm-hmm. Sarcastic, witty, just a lot of jokes. Uh, only thing that kind of throws me off is that the movie has become a complete comedy now, meaning it doesn't take itself seriously at all mm-hmm. at any point. Uh, there's jokes abound yes. like constantly. Mm-hmm. But yes. this time, the jokes were funny. Yes, Thor 2, they sucked balls. And they were way too close together. Way too close together. Yeah, it's true. This one, I mean, literally the first scene starts out with jokes, right? Right. Uh, and, and visually, it was, it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. So that was my take. The Hulk was pretty cool. I thought there wasn't enough of it, but maybe in that 45 minutes that I missed, he was all about it. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to throw the review to Boo and then Les, because they're the Hulk lovers. And what would you think about this, Boo? So it was good. It was good. But I have to be honest, I was underwhelmed. It is not what I what I wanted, and it was better than Thor two. But going back to what you're saying about it being a comedy and it uh, not being serious at all, that's not the Thor that I want. This is not the this is uh, this is the wrong Thor. Like his first movie, it had jokes and had some funny moments in it, but it was serious. You know, he was he was banished, he was uh, ashamed to his family, and he had to figure out how to become the man that he needs to be. In the second one. He's he's protecting the love of his life and trying to stop the world from ending. In this one, it's just funny the entire time, and that's a really sharp turn that I do not like. Um, I understand. I understand you need some comedy in these movies, but that was a little bit too much. And also something just for myself: the movie was funny, and there were there were good jokes, but this scared the shit out of me. I didn't find most of them funny. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that scared the shit out of me. I knew there were good jokes, but I wasn't laughing. You weren't laughing at it. No. Was it because the chairs were too comfortable? No, no, no. What 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 made me scared is that I felt like my dad. 
because my dad is a movie hater. Yeah, he'll, you're, you're he'll, hate on the movie. Yes, exactly. Just pure hate. And I and I always tell him if you enjoyed it, it's fine. It made me feel like my dad. Okay, that scared the fuck I out have, of me. I have a theory why you didn't enjoy it. Ah, I think that it wasn't the Thor and it wasn't the Hulk that you wanted, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the storyline you wanted. And you recognized that early on. Mm-hmm. And from there on, you had a negative connotation towards it. No. So every joke just compiled and just started pissing you off. No, no, no. It uh, it was the story that I wanted. No, it it was the story that I wanted. I knew what I was going into. And I was okay that it started off with jokes and stuff like that. But I needed it to get serious at some point. And it really didn't. Although, although... And towards the end, very serious things happening. It wasn't centered around Thor and Hulk being the serious people. Other things were serious. I needed them to hunker down and be like, shit, this is this is big. This is big. What's going on? Overall, it is a good movie. Visually, it's great. The story is good. Um, Kate Blanchett as a bad as Amazing. as Hella. Amazing. Incredible. Amazing. Uh incredible. She I, was beautiful. Yeah, too. she was. And I, I, I wish she didn't have the spike helmet. I think she she looked better just with her hair, but it was it was badass. Her as a bad guy was awesome. Surter was great. They did him correctly. Uh Valkyrie, she was awesome. All the characters were really good. Jeff Goldblum, I could have done with or without him. It was very Goldblum. Yeah. It was like Goldblum volume 25. Exactly. It was like, we max that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could have gone without him. But overall, it it was good, but not not what I was wanting, and I was was underwhelmed. Yeah, I I have to be honest. I don't think it gets a 96. I think it should be like an 80, high, mid-80s. 86? 86, 87, 85, right around there. That's when when I talked to you right afterwards, I was like, wow, because I couldn't really be a critique because I missed mm-hmm. a majority of the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it again, people. Yeah. And more Hulk is, is necessary. That's just for me, but I don't think he was used enough at all. Even if I wasn't a Hulk fan, I don't think he was used enough. Right. And then afterwards when I asked you and you gave me that reaction, I said, oh my God. Because mm-hmm. everybody's saying that they love it and yeah. it's been amazing and it's been unbelievable and the best Marvel films ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that's what the reviews have been saying, mm-hmm. and and if you remember correctly, back about a year ago when we said that this was being written, they warned us and said this is going to be the lethal weapon, yeah. of the Marvel mm-hmm. franchise. That's pretty much what we got. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it really was. It was a, it was a good cop kind of like let's go chase the bad guy mm-hmm. and let's make jokes constantly. So okay, that's that's a good take. Um, mm-hmm. It sucks that you didn't love it. I was mm-hmm. hoping you would love it. Um, Les, what did you think? So I saw it twice, everybody. Good. Oh, okay. Let, uh, tell the people why you saw it twice, so I don't feel like such a dick. Um, I think I fell asleep too. You did. I know. Not you did. for forty-five minutes. No, but for at least twenty minutes. I think so. I know I woke a Raj up a couple times, but yeah, those chairs are not fuck, helpful. Fuck those whatsoever. chairs whatsoever. They're the most comfortable chairs in mankind. I don't want to lay down and watch a movie ever. No, me unless either. I'm at home. Dude. And they make him so fucking uncomfortable sitting straight up that you yes, have to you recline. You have to recline or have and to hang it's your game feet. over. Like you guys, no, you guys are weak. Yes, they, yes we I are. Am. You guys yes are we are. Yes, I am. And when you sit me in a giant leather lazy boy, that's what exactly what I'm Exa- going to do is recline. Yeah, I'm going to get lazy, and this boy's going to fall asleep. <laughs> because fuck that, dude. I want a fucking lawn chair next time. I'm going to bring my own fucking chair. I'm going to sit there. When Last Jedi comes out, I'm going to bring a fucking long chair with, that's almost breaking, that's frayed. So my ass, half my ass is sticking inside the lawn chair, like, and I'm going to just watch the movie and enjoy all the movie without falling asleep. And this is a guy that had fucking maximum strength 
five-hour five hour energy. energy. I watched you chug that thing down. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be wired Loren is like, don't take all of it because you're going to fall asleep. I took all of it. I mean, you're not going to fall asleep. I took all of it, and I fucking fell asleep. So. That's right. Weak. <clears throat> well, anyways, uh, initially, I did not like it. I was like, what is this? What's going on here? But then when I saw it again, I remembered. I did a couple. I read up a few things. IMDb. Very helpful. And I saw it again. And uh, I liked it. I liked that it took uh, elements from all the stories that we thought were as the buildup came up to it. So, yes, there was some parts of Planet Hulk, World War Hulk in it. Uh, there were some elements of Surtur Saga. Uh, Actual Ragnarok. Um, there were some quotes and homages to certain milestones in Thor. So there's a whole scene going oh, on. Don't kill it, though. Don't, don't spoil I'm just, it. I'm just going to say there's a whole scene going on where they mention some things. And some of those things that are mentioned are milestones from Jack Kirby's run. And Walter Simonson's run on Thor. That's awesome. And um, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to just give us our reviews this week. And next week we'll break down the, right. the film and try to find some Easter eggs mm-hmm. that are out and, and, and talk about specific things because we'll give another week for people to watch yeah. it. And then to go to what you're saying, Carlos, that was what they were shooting for. Mm-hmm. Hemsworth and, and Taika Waititi, who directed this movie, that I guess is, he's, he's got a wide range as far as a director goes, but he's really most famous. He's critically acclaimed and he's Oscar nominated, but he's most famous for a mockumentary called What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. Which is basically The Office, but for vampires. Oh, huh. very cool. I didn't know that. And it's <laughs> he's, a very, nominated, he's been nominated for an Oscar? Uh, yes. Uh, he has a movie. I think it's called Two Cars, One Night. Okay. Or something like that. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't do my, all my research, everybody. No, no. That's good. But uh, it's, not, it's not the sequel to Two, two Girls, One Cup. Oh, Ooh. sweet Ugh. Jesus. Oh, my God. Either way. I will retract This New Zealander, oh. this guy from down, this New Zealander. He's a director. He's, you know, he did his thing. And Hemsworth suggested that he, you know, we want to go a different route. We want to take this. And you have to understand, too, we, Thor is, I think, Thor and Spider-Man, if I'm not mistaken, or Thor and Iron Man are the only two Marvel movies that have a different director for each one. Mm. So no wonder we get taken on different rides, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. No wonder those, and no wonder we say Thor 2 sucked. Iron Man 3 suck. You know, you just get these two, you get these different takes That's on very it. true because I loved uh, Thor 1 because Kenneth Branagh exactly. directed that film and it reminded me of a Shakespearean film, which yes. he is a genius of redoing Shakespearean mm-hmm. plays and, and, and movies mm-hmm. and being an actor in Shakespearean films. So that's why I loved it. It reminded me like I was watching Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like. So yes, ultimately it had all the milestones. It hit all the marks. It did... What one thing I hate is when they take from different stories to make a story instead of just having that actual story translate from the books to the movie. But in this one, they did exactly that, and it married all together perfectly. Did they have to have some of the banter? Probably not, but you know what? It worked. I enjoyed it. Um, I think this is going to be a gradual development for the Hulk because I expected the Hulk to be fully bannered out, meaning he was in full control of both banner where they're both holding the wheel and he's self-aware, but he's also smart enough. This Hulk is still kind of, he is kind of dopey still. Yeah. He's, but he's, he's able to speak. He's able to, 
you know, form sentences, and that's a start. Baby steps, everybody. Maybe he's Baby getting to steps. that level. Yeah. And yeah, we still got two more movies with these guys. So we still got an Infinity War coming, one and two. So, and we probably have another movie where they'll show up because ultimately go watch it. Hopefully everybody has watched it already. If you've seen it once, see it twice. I'm definitely going to have to see it twice now. Fuck. Because <laughs> you didn't see it. And don't go to the dine-in theaters where you have to lay, you know, you get a nice big bowl of chili and you lay down. Oh, and man. A bowl you got your chili. Yeah, yeah, you start didn't, We didn't even Can you imagine that? You go to sleep. I would have choked. <laughs> I would have choked and died probably with chili in my throat. Like Mama Cass. Fucking oh. sandwich in my fucking ham sandwich stuck in her throat. That would have been awful. I never thought I would talk about Mama Cass on this mm, podcast. Yeah. Fucking first. But okay, here's the deal. Do you give it the Sithless seal of approval? Yes. Wow, he waited a long time for that. For what Do you give it? Oh, yes. And from what I saw, absolutely give it a Sithless seal of approval. <laughs> of approval. I thought it was, what I saw was great. And loved the soundtrack. It was great. Loved that they used, I know they used it in the trailer, but when they used the uh, Immigrant Song. Yeah, it was awesome. Perfect placement. Perfect placement. And the song has nothing but Nordic mm-hmm. and Viking references mm-hmm. in it, which is great. And that's why they used it. And it worked yes. perfectly. So nothing like a little Led Zeppelin in your movie to get you going. Yep. So I thought it was, I thought it was done really well, what I saw. So definitely can't wait to see it again. Right. And, and one thing I will say, Kate Blanchett looked like she was having fun. Yes, that's true. Like having just the a blast being a villain and just enjoying herself out there. And you know who else? Anthony Hopkins, who was in the film, not much, but when he was in the film, stole the scenes like he oh, always does. It's it's Anthony Hopkins, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's right. And even in how shitty Transformers was, he he's, was fucking. He was great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And they had to convince him to be in this one, I read, yes. on IMDb, because he did not want to do this anymore after Thor 2. He read the script. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> so, which is very cool. Yes. One thing. Oh, I can't talk. We can't talk about it until yeah, next we gotta, week. I, I have some things to say for next week yeah. as well. Yeah. It's about Loki. Mm. I want to talk about Loki next week and where they're going in the direction that they're going with him. Tease. And get your reactions. King Tom sent us a voicemail, and let's listen to it. Hey, Sithheads. King Tom here. Uh, so I saw Thor Ragnarok last night, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I've never been a huge Thor fan. Um, I mean, he had a few good storylines, like Beta Ray Bill, but I just never really got into the comics. And the first two Thor movies were uh, decent, but they didn't wow me. But this movie totally wowed me. I mean, th- the soundtrack was great. It was funny it was entertaining it looked nice um and just on a side note i feel like the last three marvel specific movies doctor strange guardians and this i've all had the same response where it looks like a beautiful movie and i, I think you know other people ha- have said that you know marvel really uses colors um and th- that's great these movies look beautiful it's, it's really an experience so i was uh, you know, the, I knew from watching the trailers, so yeah, the movie looked entertaining, and it had a little bit of a, I don't know, my, one of my friends said that the it was a little bit fan service but I didn't, I wasn't complaining. Um, but the, the just the setup of the movie, it made me kind of wonder. It, it was a very formula movie, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, it had Hulk plus Thor. Um, it had parts of this storyline, parts of that storyline. And, and it put them all together in a way that worked. And I almost wonder 
do you think that we'll see other movies like this? Um, whether it's something that has two ca- characters already established in the MCU or if they're bringing in characters from, a, you know, that they haven't brought in yet, like, I don't know, Moon Knight and Nomad. <laughs> Those are two names off the top of my head that are utterly horrible to put together. But you know what I'm saying. Have a movie not just really about one character, but about two characters teaming up. And don't make it like about our Avengers or Defenders or Champions of the Universe or whatever. But just make it something where these two characters meet, base a movie on that, just to introduce them. I I think they could use that in the future to tell the stories they want to tell. And, you know, they pulled it off here with Ragnarok. Um, I think they did a great job. And I think I think having movies like that based around two characters bringing them together could be a way they tell stories in the future. What do you guys think? I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for putting the great podcast together. See ya. King Tom, thank you for that review. Mm-hmm. And that voicemail, like always, you are the man. So let's uh, let's talk about this. I'm glad you liked it, King Tom. I wish I would have saw the whole thing, and I would have liked <laughs> it too. But I agree with everything you said for what I saw. And I think that you're going to see a lot more of these buddy-buddy cop movie kind of things because it's just killing it in the box office. And if it's making money and that formula is down, they are going to do it. So it would be great to see a team-up of all kinds of different characters. And not just superhero movies. I, again, think if this Han Solo movie does really well, I think the next movie you're going to see is Han and, Han and Lando buddy-buddy movie for the next sequel. I really do. I think if it does well, they're definitely going to do a sequel. And I think Lando, I trust Donald Glover so much. I think he's going to steal the show and you're going to see it. You're going to see like a lethal weapon kind of thing Mm -hmm. between the two. Uh, What do you think, uh, Les? What do you think about this? Do you think this is the wave of the future? They're going to team up and do like these buddy films? I would hope so. Uh, I hope. And I want to cross the line. I, I really want to see a Green Lantern Flash movie. Because they're buddies in the books. Like, okay. they are like friends, but it's Hal Jordan and Barry Allen are the Barry Allen Flash and the Hal Jordan Green Lantern are like thick and thin, dude. They're freaking frack. They roll together at all the time. They, anytime the Justice League gets together, they automatically go, we'll go together and they run off to go take care of stuff together. Yeah. So they're always partnering up. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they could do something, possibly, like, I think they tried to do that with the Captain America movies, and they may do that if there is another Captain America movie. I mean, it may just be him and Bucky, and mm-hmm. Bucky be- becomes the forefront and steals the show. Um, I think it's coming with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, that's true. So we're getting that's Ant-Man true. and the Wasp coming up, and we'll see. I mean, Evangeline Lilly gets to step to the for- uh, forefront a little bit more be you know take on the character as the wasp and that's only going to complete everything once it comes together but i think as a standalone movie that's probably going to be really funny she'll be the serious while paul rudd's the goofy it's she'll always be kate to me always what no man she's toriel she oh yeah that's right that's right dude let her pull those awesome swords she'll always be jack you up dude i don't give a shit (laughs) if this movie makes 10 billion dollars She's always Kate. Kate from Lost. We need to go back, Kate. Boo's looking at us like we're fucking crazy. No but, idea. Yeah. Okay. So you think it's a good idea, Boo? Yeah. Um, 
I I think it's a I think it's the future more than anything. Yeah. Because I think this idea of the main characters that can hold their own movie franchise on their own, I think that day has passed. Yeah, these are long gone. I right? think I think we're in the twilight of the of that time, and I think they're going to have to do this. Maybe a, maybe a character will have their own movie uh, on their own, their first one, their origin movie, and then after that, it is a a buddy movie. Like uh, like I think if you want to just stick with characters that they have now. I think Black Panther two will be him and uh, Black Panther and, and Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll team up somehow, like like you said with Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, so stuff like that. I think it's the next step because, like like we said last week, these these second tier or third tier characters yes. can't hold a franchise on their own. No, but if you put them together with somebody, you you you, you can, can make have your five hundred million exactly. You can have a powerhouse movie. Yeah. So I think it is the future, and I, I think it's good. You know, having two super people is awesome. And I think maybe the one that one I think that you know people think about that would make it easier to understand would be like, um, what was it Hawkeye and Black Widow? Oh yeah, which should have happened. Yes, it should. Have. It's it probably won't happen now. I don't but, think so. But, I don't but think you can sustain a film with those two and yeah. just them. Yeah, if, if it if, would be cool though. Yeah, exactly. Or having a. Uh, a, uh, a Star Lord and Tony Stark kind of situation oh where, my God. Where, where they have to save the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're captured or something, oh, and he's like, "Tony, I need man. your help." Stuff like that. So I think that's the be future. Awesome. I think that's what's going to happen from now on. How about Deadpool Wolverine? Well, yeah, yeah. You can go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can you imagine? Uh, but that happens. The thing is, is and you know what? Maybe this is. The future because it happens in comics all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. So we know it happens in the comics. Yeah, Spider Man can be you know solving something and then all of a sudden he crosses paths with the Hulk mm-hmm. and you know he notices the Hulk fighting Doctor Octopus on top of a building and he jumps over there and all of a sudden they're they're rolling together for three issues and that's yeah. the story. Exactly. So it can happen and sometimes it's the most unlikeliest of pairs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. If you want to make your money, that's definitely the way to go. It just becomes who do you pair people up with? Who do you try to bring in yeah, as a supplement? That's the formula you have to figure out. And that's mm-hmm. you have to figure out. It was always going to be Hulk and Thor. Mm-hmm. They're the two strongest ones. They always ended up fighting, you know, throwing each other around and getting into it with each other. So it was always going to be them. And they have to be separated from the Avengers for Civil War. Yes. Because if one of them picks either side or they both on over. one side. The, the destruction, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the, the level over. of destruction yeah, that makes would total be sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they could toss around any one of them. doesn't matter who they are, except maybe the Vision. But at that point, yeah, meh. Meh. Well, they, no, Thor could handle the Vision, no problem. Uh-oh, debate time. For sure. Hmm. For sure. Rolling of the <laughs> eyes from Boo. For sure. I, I didn't roll the eyes. I was I was just wondering. Oh, you were just thinking. That would, that, that would be interesting to see. That would be interesting to see. But it, And then it would be interesting to see which side they pick. But I know that Superman would beat all their asses. Uh, hey, we're going to take a break and go watch <laughs> The Walking Dead. And we will be right back. <laughs> so thank you, King Tom. Thank you for that. That was a great question. Once again, King every Tom. week. Week in and week out, King Tom comes in strong. That's why he's the king of all Toms. That's right. King of all podcasts. Probably, yeah. Yes. Bless his heart. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little DC. Mm. There is some Shazam news. Oh. We have a Shazam. Zachary, Levi, or Levy, whatever, however you want to say it, is the new Shazam. Mm. So I want to get your takes. My take is I love this guy because I used to watch the show Chuck. <laughs> I was a big fan of the show Chuck on NBC for many years. 
You don't remember is, Chuck? Is he Chuck? Yeah, he's Chuck. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you remember him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. I, you watch Chuck? Yes. I, I love that Chuck, show. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. It was a great show. It was a very geeky show. It had a lot of Star Wars references, a lot of geek them in it. It was a great, great show. And Zachary Levi was Chuck, and he was fantastic, and he's funny. He could be debonair and very, like, um, superhero-ish, kind of. He, I guess, I'm talking to you guys, he needs to put on a lot of weight, a lot of muscle, yeah. which is obviously possible. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth put on 25 pounds of muscle. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you could see it. Yeah. 6,000 calories a day. 6,000 calories a day, strict diet, seven days a week of working out. Damn. Very beefy and dreamy. <laughs> right? I mean, there was a scene. I was awake for this. He took, takes his shirt off, and I was like, dude, if I was a chick, yeah, I, I think I could. Oh, yeah. But, uh, sure. but what is it? Chris Evans in uh, Winter Soldier, he's even bigger. Chris Evans is more muscular. He's even bigger. Like his, Chris Evans' chest looks abnormal. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and then in uh, Civil War, when he's holding the helicopter, yeah. fucking, he looks massive. And he worked on his biceps. This is interesting. You read the same thing. Yes. Hemsworth <laughs> worked on his biceps. Because he most. knew. Yeah. yeah. And I remember Chris Evans wanted his biceps massive just, just, for, just that for that scene. scene yeah. Just for that scene. Yeah. But you guys, I mean, if we're going all in, then you got to say Hugh Jackman has always looked well, Hugh Jackman, the best. Well, Hugh Jackman <laughs> is so clean and cut mm-hmm. you can see the fibers of his muscles that's, through his skin and he went that's for a different that kind look. of yeah but yeah i mean and, it, and then he also did the whole i love how we're talking about guys bodies i know i know he, well, we he also, work out so he also did the whole ice dunking thing right before his scene so when he comes out his veins are popping and he's and he's uh very small ripped. penis though hey, well you know <laughs> thank god it's thank god it's a pg-13 movie <laughs> yeah well if there's been any bigger he might cut it off with his <laughs> You know, it's it's funny you say that because in um, what was it X Men uh, Days of Future Past? He has a scene where he's naked. He wakes up and he's his younger self, and he just had sex. Yeah, I remember that. with some girl, right. and he's naked. He has the claws out, and those are actual metal claws. Mm. They're not sharp, but they're right. metal. And he's naked for the scene. Almost did cut off his wiener. Oh my god! In real life. In real life. Holy shit! Yeah. So don't joke about that. It almost happened to him. I will not joke about yeah. his penis being cut off. Yeah, that would be awful. They weren't the bone claws. He no, he had a boner. No, the wait bones, a minute, that's right. He it was the, the bones. Bone claws. I, I, and he goes, "What the fuck?" I might be trying to fight them with the bone. Yeah, claws. I might that's, be talking about the wrong movie. But that did. There's yeah. some other time he was. You're naked. focusing on the penis. I think. Well, hey, I heard that story. I was like, "Holy shit!" He almost lost his dick. Yeah, I might be wrong and talk about the wrong movie. But yeah, that did happen once. That would have been a bloody mess. <laughs> Ugh. But okay, so boo. <laughs> We got all the all the men's body and penis talk out of the way. Is there what, is is there adamantium though in his penis though? That's the question. Can you imagine if there's adamantium in his penis? That's that is the real question. Wow. <laughs> no, that is Although a, it is not a bone, I know that. I'll, but but well, you know, it is you, sometimes. Hey, hey, you know that that that'd be something. Uh, we have failed the Bechtel test. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> we have. Zachary, let's get it back on track. Where's Emily Lynn when we need her? Uh, and this time we're talking about men, by the way. Yeah, she, yeah, she might, she might let us go. She'll be like, hell yeah. yeah. Zachary Levi, what do you think, boo, about Zachary Levi? Um, he's a good-looking guy, so so that's good that... Uh, right back on it. Yeah, right back well, on hey. it. No, no, but, no, but Shazam is supposed to be a a you know a good-looking dude where you're like, hey, that that guy looks good uh, being uh, Shazam. So that, that fits. Yeah, of course, he has to get bigger, which he will. Which would be fine. I've never seen him act, so I'm not sure. I, I didn't watch Chuck, or I don't know if he's done anything else besides that. But it seems it seems good. You know, I swear uh, to God, I saw his name in the credits for Thor. I swear to God, I said Zachary Levi. I don't know if he plays one of these CGI characters or what. 
He, I saw his name, so I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I can't say yay or nay. So, but yeah, but it's, I'm okay with it. Yeah, sounds good. You're not hating on it. No, you're not trolling him on the no, internet. No, no, no. Okay, so you know who he is. You've seen him act. You know the Shazam character, how big he's supposed to be, and how he's supposed to present himself. Can he pull this off? Yes, because it, now that you told me he's in Chuck, that's the deal. He he can pull off the. The idea is that he's still a boy. Even though he becomes Captain Marvel Shazam, which he's supposed to be just Shazam, so we don't want to get all that confusion going again, litigation, everything, like all that BS. But ultimately, <laughs> he's still a boy. Like, he's still young Billy Batson, who becomes this pretty much a god whenever he utters the word Shazam. So he can play that whole, like, um, utilizing a power or utilizing a. Utilizing a, an, an ability, just like in Chuck, where he would utilize all of a sudden, you know, he'd become a physics professor or he'd become a martial arts master. So, yes, he can pull it off. Uh, I have no problems with this. Let's, you know, who he reminds me of? He reminds me, of, and by the way, he's been in multiple Thor movies. He's Fandral. Fandral the Daf- Dashing? Yeah, he's Fandral. He was in Thor The Dark World, and he was in this last one. Fandral the Dashing is the blonde guy with the rapier, right? Yes. He's blonde in that one. Blonde. Okay, no, no wonder I didn't recognize yeah. him then. Huh. Yeah, so he's been in this. He's been in Marvel films, which is kind of crazy. So mm. he's doing the crossover. Well, no, that's good. You know who he reminds me of? His acting his, and the way he looks and his, kind of his like, body structure and length? Jim from The Office. Yes, John Krasinski. Yes, and we didn't think he could pull off that military movie. 13 Hours? Yeah, he fucking pulled it off. Yeah. So much so that he's playing in Tom Clancy's... He's playing Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. He's Jack yeah. Ryan. Yeah, on an, on really his, good. On a series. Mm-hmm. It looks great. So that, that's the kind of guy he is. Mm, okay. So I think he needs to get Harry Cavill built big yeah. in order to do that's it. That's about right, because him and Superman are the immediate power scale rivals. Yes. Like, immediately, whenever you can't... If, if any... Superhero beatdown is going to go down. Captain Marvel stands toe to toe with Superman okay. in that regard. Yeah, I think he's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of his. Big fan. So there you go. And now we also not only have a Shazam, it looks like we have a Shazam villain. Mm. Yeah, per Collider, it appears that Mark Strong is, is keen on having a go at playing two characters from the same comic book company. Because remember, he was in Green Lantern. He was Sinistro. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So there was an article on Collider, but the actual information came from the rap. The Green Lantern actor is in talks to play DC Comics villain Dr. Savannah in the new line cinema's upcoming Shazam. But I thought, I thought Black Adam was supposed to be the bad guy in Shazam. Well, that's where I needed to talk to you guys about this. So what the fuck's up? Like, The Rock is the Black Rock Adam. Is Black Adam. Is, is, is Black Adam getting his own movie? I was understanding that that's the idea, yes. Ah, okay. That it's Black Adam is getting his own movie. Okay. Or there's a Superman movie coming out, a Superman Shazam where they fight Black Adam. Hmm. Well, that might be down the road. That may be down the road, but I do know that he's been cast, He's been there's been renderings, Yeah. he's done the whole thing. That is okay. Th- th- this is this is what happened. Actually, I remember exactly now because we reported on it too back then. He was initially supposed to be in this movie, mm-hmm. and that something happened where they decided to make his own standalone. So he's going to have his own standalone. Les is exactly right. I believe what they're thinking is they're going to do a, a Shazam 
and they're going to do a Superman kind of go at it with Black Adam. Or just Shazam and Black Adam going at it together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Superman's going to be involved. But I think that's where we're getting confused. He was initially supposed to be in this movie with Shazam. Okay. okay. So right. we'll still get him, and he's perfect to be Black Adam. Yeah, Man. he is. That, yeah, that, that's sure. what I was wondering. And uh, Dr. Savannah, do you know anything about him? No. Aww. He, feels, he looks so sad, people. Yeah. That's okay. Don't be, don't be sad. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. You know, that's okay, give, man. Give us your nerd card. I've fallen yeah. Give short. it up right now. Your, your nerd PhD, I've it's fall, gone. I've fallen short. You, now you're down to just a regular master's, master's degree in neurology. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Les. I'm making a comeback, though. We're yeah. looking for a new third person. Uh, anybody? Uh, anybody? Yes. And it, as if not the same or more knowledgeable than Les, please. Yeah. We are. Oh, no. We have an open seat. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Mark Strong's a great actor. I love yes, him. Yeah, he's he is. great in everything he's been in. And he always looks like he's pissed off or he's a dick. <laughs> and, I, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Should be cool. It looks like they're, they're rounding out a good cast here. So let's get into something else that's a little bit DC. I got a question for you guys because Danny Elfman was talking on, he was speaking to Indigo and that's a publication. And they asked him, are you going to use Hans Zimmer's theme for Batman? Are you going to use your Batman theme? Or are you going to do a new theme for Batman? Hmm. So this is what he kind of said about the Hans Zimmer thing. Danny Elfman, who actually is one of my favorite composers. I've seen him live. He was in, like I said before, he was in one of my favorite bands when I was a kid, Oingo Boingo. He was a lead singer. <laughs> so I am very biased towards Danny Elfman. So this is what Danny Elfman had to say. Hans has done something wonderful, driven with rhythm and so on. But there has only been one theme, and it is the Batman theme. Yes, I used the theme that Hans composed for Wonder Woman, the one that he wrote originally and used it a bit. He's talking about in JLA. Maybe from John Williams to Superman, just maybe we'll have to see. So he's kind of hinting that he's not going to use Hans Zimmer's Batman theme. And I went back and researched. Hans Zimmer doesn't have a real Batman theme. What we all know of that Batman theme is the, the themes to the movies. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight has a theme that everybody loves. Yes. But the, what everybody does know is Danny Elfman's Traditional Batman theme is da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. Like. Can you imagine being in that theater, no matter how shitty the movie is or how great the movie is, seeing Batman and having that original theme come out? Still a great moment. Yeah. Oh my God. And, dude. and that's whenever he appears on screen, right? Yes. Yep. yes. Oh, it was, yeah, that would be so fucking amazing. And he's hinting that he might want to use John Williams' Superman. Right? Huh. He says, the one that he wrote originally is maybe from John Williams to Superman. Just maybe. We'll have to see. So he's hinting at all kinds of different things. Hmm. Could you imagine? That would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be so cool. So what do you guys think? What do you think about this? you think that he should use his old theme, make a new theme just for this JLA for, for Batman? Or should this be... You got to go with the old school. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I haven't seen Man of Steel in a little while, but did he have a new theme? Man of Steel had a new theme. Hans Zimmer did his theme, and it's amazing. Okay. And he, has a, he has a theme called Flight. Yeah. And it's, 
It's it's fantastic. Okay. It, it's really, really good. And Wonder Woman had a theme created for her. Yeah, Wonder Woman had a theme that we used to use. As in, our intro. As our intro. Mm-hmm. That has become famous yes. now for Wonder Woman. Obviously, I, we, I, I, I thought you were talking about our intro was famous. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, well, it would be kind of kind of cool to continue the idea of everybody gets a new theme. Plus, uh, create uh, characters are being created. We're not created now, but putting on being put on the on the the screen. They're going to have new themes as well. Cyborg's going to have a theme. Uh, the Flash is going to have a theme. Aquaman's going to have his own theme. I think it'd be kind of cool to everybody gets a new one. Hmm. You just just even the even trend. when it's Danny Elfman, I I I I would oh, love it. I would love dude. it to be the same, but Could I think imagine? it'd be I think it'd be kind of cool for everybody to get a new a brand one. new theme. Yeah, yeah. He's not saying obviously they they're done with it. So yeah, he's, he's not tipping his hand, so or showing his hand. My question, I don't want to sound stupid, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Is the Batman theme the same through all the movies? All the first three movies. So. The Batman. So the Nolan ones don't get. Nolan ones have specific themes for each movie. Yes. And you'll recognize every single one of them. Okay. But the Dark Knight has a specific theme. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but, but Batman himself doesn't have his own theme. Okay. So, but the for other the ones, other ones, though, for the does. Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney right. ones. Superman, John Williams' theme is used throughout yeah. Superman trilogies or fours or fives or how many of them made. There's like four. Yeah. So there's another question. So yeah, go ahead, finish, finish where you're So that was my thing, is if it's the same, then that's iconic. As much as this is getting bashed, and as much as people are having an issue with all the, this whole Justice League thing, maybe that would be the, the, the spoonful of sugar. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought, Les. I said this might be the thing that it you're, just when you're in be, the theater, you mm-hmm. feel the goosebumps. The gooseies come and, out. And you remember, oh, 1989. Yeah. It just hits you, and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're okay. Exactly. This is fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with going, getting a little bit of old school right. or going with that. Same that exact kind of feeling me... I get when I watch Stranger Things. Yes. And there's a certain song on, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how shitty the episode is, I refer back to the song. And I go, oh, my God, they fucking played that song. Yes. Or they have a picture on the, on, on the wall that I haven't seen in 30 years. So we'll talk about Stranger Things next, by the way. So, okay, so you're in for it. I'm, total, I'm here for it. Okay. Here's another question for both of you. I'm 100% in for it. For a bring back the old school theme. What is your favorite theme of any of any superhero? Oh, so you have Batman. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have you have Superman. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's the new one, which yeah. is fantastic. What other ones do we have? Uh, Spider Man doesn't really have a theme, I don't think. Or if they do, it's not iconic. No, only the DC's Holy Trinity really have themes. Hold on, I'll even throw this in. There's the Imperial March, because oh, that represents Vader. Hold on. Come on. And there's Indy. Yeah. Because every time Indy's on the screen, you get that song, mm-hmm. you get that score by John Williams. So I'll even throw them, because they're super superheroes to me. Yeah, they are. Well, they are heroes. Yeah. Well, well one, Vader's one, not. They're part of the universe. They're just part of the whole. Yeah, they're part of They're part of our real. So I'll throw that yeah. into you. What is your favorite score that is tied into a character? You could even do, oh, you could even Han and Leia. That's a beautiful score. But I'm not even, no, let's not throw that in. No. Well, for me, I'll have to go with Indiana Jones. Okay. Because that one, I'll be honest, I've never really delved that far into realizing that this is that person, that character's theme song. Mm-hmm. As much as I've seen movies and I've been a part of it, there's like levels to my uh, geekdom, geekdom, or <laughs> just how far involved or invested I am 
that I just don't go that far. So I do have a knowledge and I do immerse myself to a certain point, but I've never truly been able to pick out and go, oh, that's such and such a theme. Okay. But Indiana Jones, for sure. For so sure, George. Dun, 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 dun. Right. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. No, like it's fantastic. that one for sure. And I'm I'm a uh, opposite. Like I my geekdom, this is like I'm 100 percent into the scores. Mm-hmm. Who does the scores? So much so that we play a game at work. Well, we'll play yes. 10 seconds or five seconds pick of, it a, out. of a score, and you got to pick out the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's a great game if you've never done. It. Just go on Spotify and just pick out random and, movies. And and where are you doing this again? Uh, at work. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, we're getting paid to in do between, it in between editing the podcast. Ah, I just want to double check. That's why my boss doesn't know that I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't broke that to him. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why are you in your office all day long, Raj? <laughs> What's going on? So, uh, but my favorite theme <laughs> would probably be that's that is tied to a character. I, I would go Batman. I would go Danny Elfman Batman. Mm. It's just iconic, and I saw it live. It yeah. was amazing. I love Hans Zimmer's scores for the trilogy that he did, the Christopher Nolan's. I love them, but he, I think Danny Elfman's right. I don't think they tie into. A specific character. Mm-hmm. How about you? Did you figure one out yet? Uh, so yeah, it would, the top three would have to be Indiana Jones, uh, the Batman one, and then the, uh, the Imperial March. Probably the Imperial March has to go. Uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, you're right. When you see him come on, and you know when that music's playing, it's fucking Indiana Jones time. Oh, it is. You're, you're, you're like, like he's gonna go do, time. Man. He's gonna whoop some ass. He's gonna do something, he's or gonna, he's gonna epically fail. Yeah, he's gonna steal <laughs> the truck from the Nazis. <laughs> And, and and be happy about it. He's getting dragged under the truck, but it's go time. Yeah, it's go time. But there's something for me as uh, from my childhood. The watching Batman the animated series. That's what they would play when it would come on the start. They would use Elfman's. Yes, yes. and that was as a kid. I was like, "Fuck yeah, it's Batman!" Yeah, time. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, oh my god, and and, and the intro was cool in itself, right? But Indiana Jones, you know, you know, he's going to do some shit. Right. And you know he's he's running away from something, or he's stealing a truck, or 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 getting onto the submarine, or something like that. So yeah, it would have to be in it. Even when you're on the ride at Disneyland, yeah, it, it comes on at mm-hmm. the end, and he saves the day. Yes, with the boulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you just get goosebumps every yes. time. I've been on that ride hundred times, I still get goosebumps yes. when they play the song. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, John Williams, man. man. And, and he, when we went and saw him, did he play? He didn't play. He didn't. He no, Super, he played Superman at the end. He played. Oh, he did. He did. He played. Play, he played a piece. Yeah, not, from one of the movies. Not. Not. Yeah. Exactly. Not the theme. Not the theme. Yeah. No. But it had that theme. Yes. In, yeah. You yeah. felt you like. Oh right. shit. And this then is everybody it, yeah. like perked up. Yeah. But he did play Superman, and that oh, was that amazing. Was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, John Williams. Bless your heart. All right. That's a little good question. Yeah. Talk a little music, which is great. But let's talk some Stranger Things. Now, we're not going to spoil Stranger Things yet, just like we're not going to spoil Thor, because I haven't finished it. I'm on episode eight. I have two more to go. Boo, you have like four more to go. Yeah, I'm on episode... I just started episode five. Okay, Les has finished. Yes, I have. But I want your takes so far. So, Les, you want to start off this time? What is your take for season two? What I like is the element... The, the bad things that's going on, the whole... <laughs> You're trying not to spoil it? I'm really trying to. It's got to be tough, yeah. It's tough. But, okay, so the element of what we already know, of the upside down and of the 
cover up and that secret laboratory and all that stuff going on. It's almost a secondary thing. What I'm really liking about this is the full coming of age. It's all of them are transitioning. There's new interests. There's new, uh, you know, it's it, the cootie, age of cooties is in right now. Don't kiss that girl. Don't touch that girl. Don't talk <laughs> to that person. Don't this. We all like her. She likes us. We just saw it. We did. Which had that element in there of, mm-hmm. oh, look, a girl, and she's part of our group. And <laughs> now there's a girl, and she's not L, and she's part of our group, and there's rivalries, and just, I like that kind of thing going on. That adds a different element. There is another thing that I don't like happening, but I want to wait till you guys finish. Okay. And we go further. I think Araj and I agree on it. Just leave some things wide open that, or expand some things and just oh, leaves yeah, it there. Yeah. And you go, what the hell? Right. That better be a part of it going forward at some point. But ultimately, I like the, I like just the, the addition and the ex- expanding of the normal world. So not so much the supernatural stuff. That stuff's always going to be awesome. That stuff's going to be cool. And then they did knock something out. They did take care of something for us. They answered a question for do, us. Uh, do, have I seen that taken care of yet? Uh, you should have by now. Okay. And you will soon. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But what do you think so far? Yeah, I, I think it's really good. Uh, these kids are great. Huh. They are fan-fucking-tastic. The, what is it? Yeah, what the you start seeing their transition. I believe they're in eighth grade, getting into high school now. The the writers and the director of the show really capture what it is to be a kid, especially at that age. They do it very well. What I'm liking is this is becoming, this is expanding. This is not just affecting them as as the kids. This is going to fuck up all of Hawkins. So they, I like that. I like that. That's the biggerness of it. Seeing more, like Les said, the cover up, like this shit is real. You know, almost verging on, you know, CIA, you know, we're tapping everything, we're following you kind of thing. Which is very cool to see because I was I was wondering how how big and how powerful is yeah the company the, the, the lab. Yeah, Hawkins Research Lab yeah. is it's 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 pretty expansive yeah uh, so that's that's cool to see um and yeah I, I can't wait to finish it yeah so looking forward to the end I, I have no complaints as of yet all the great. characters are great it's only gonna get better good yeah. good it, it starts ramping up right where you're at good good all yeah right. I'm I'm hundred percent I think it's better than season one again. Mm-hmm. I think the Duffer Brothers have it down to a science to make you feel like you're back in that era. The, the detail that they use, just look at the, the walls and the, and the uh, it's kind of like it, the same exact thing. But they do it to a different level where the songs that they're using are specific to the scenes. If you listen to the lyrics, which is which amazing. So, okay, let me, let me just tell you so much so that they played a Boingo song during a Halloween scene. And the newspaper said Halloween while Boingo's song is going off. And only if you know and you're a fan of that band that you know that they played every Halloween for like 15, 20 years. It's not not like a random song. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was great about it. I love Sean Austin. It makes me feel like I'm back. In that era, watching Winona Ryder and Sean Austin interact with each other, mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. It's, rem- it's just amazing. It's great casting of Paul Reiser. Yes. It, it's just that they have it down to a science. And I don't look at this as a series. I look at it as a movie. I look, season one is one big-ass movie. Mm-hmm. Season two is one big-ass movie. And there's elements of Empire Strikes Back 
in season two. I don't know if you picked up on it. You're going to pick up on it, Boo, I think. It's coming up soon. Okay. And there's direct quotes yes. from Empire Strikes That's Back. That's cool. It is darker. It is that Empire version. I fucking love it. And the Millennium Falcon makes a fucking appearance. That was cool. You saw that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. other than that, I'm not going to spoil anything else. We'll spoil it after Boo watches it all and I finish it. But what sucks is what Les has been saying. It's fucking over after this next couple of days. Yeah, that's it. No, not, not that the series is over. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I thought they had two more seasons. But like nine episodes, we've been waiting yeah. all this time, nine episodes, and we're done. Now we have to wait. Like, that's what sucks about binging. Mm-hmm. It's over. I, I get it. Like, Walking Dead probably, we talked to Kate about this last week. Walking Dead it probably does portray well when you binge, but I just want to be able to have it for a year. You know, like Stranger Things, like, anticipate next week's episode. Mm hmm. You know, so love, love the episode. Love all the actors. The kids are unbelievable. Like Will didn't get to act in, the in first season one. one. Yeah. He's a powerhouse in this one. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, the, the range is. that he has, God damn, and, and the emotion that that he portrays. Just being a kid, yeah, you feel you're like, holy shit, right. this kid's going through a lot. Uh, Mad Max, the girl is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, she's great. Her her brother is uh, uh, awesome. Her brother's awesome. Awesome. And one thing I want to say is the the game Dig Dug was a big game in our era. It's Atari's Dig Dug, the earth-shattering arcade game. Dig Dug digs his own mazes. He digs for balloon men. He digs for dragons. And now he's digging his way into homes everywhere. Dig Dug, it's under this world. <laughs> and you realize mm-hmm. Dig Dug is a major, major part. I don't know if it's going to show at the next couple episodes, but from what I've seen is they're using the video game pretty much to tell the storyline kind of, of the season, mm-hmm. which is awesome. That's how detailed they are. And being in that arcade, seeing that arcade, do the same fucking things. Yes. I play did. the same fucking games. They show fucking, uh, what was, uh, the dragon, dragon, drag, yeah, dragon's, dragon's lair. lair yeah. And they sucked at it or they're good at it, but they can't beat it. Just like we talked about on this <laughs> podcast. So, no, and then you're doing a typical thing. Don't forget to do this. The guy's trying to play like, let me play. God damn it. Exactly. You're like, oh yeah, it's a great. I would love to see the Duffer brothers do a star Wars film. I would oh, love it. Man. I would love it. They're, they're very talented mm-hmm. and I hope they get, I hope they stick around and do stranger things for a while. They should just get a bunch of stuff. You're right. Or right. Yeah. Not to cut you off. No, 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 no. You're they not should get me off a comic book movie for sure. Absolutely. They should get, Star Wars movie. Yeah, they should totally get one They will. More. They will. You know what? They should just get the Back to the Future reboot or something if they're ever. No, I don't know if they want to touch that shit, man. But, uh, but what's his name? Why uh, not, man? Uh, I don't know if you want to touch a Back to the Future reboot, man. Because no, but the two guys that, that did Back to the Future, what's his name? Guys who who directed it and won the. Well, producer. Robert Zemeckis directed Robert it. Robert Zemeckis uh, and, and the Spielberg. Other, and Spielberg said, uh, well, Zemeckis said, as long as he's alive. It's not. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's yeah. doing it, yeah. So you might have to wait a little bit. But that's the best option I've ever heard because people are like, well, redo this. I'm like, fuck no, don't touch it. I'd be okay with that. If the Duffer if Brothers the Duffer did Brothers it? If the Duffer Brothers did it? Back to the Future. I'd be okay with that. Well, we'll see. I mean, they have the feel, man. Yeah, they got the it's, feel, it's, exactly. We have a Back to the Future reboot. It's called Rick and Morty. That's right. Huh. Oh, a live action Rick and Morty. Live action Rick that and Morty. That would be funny. Uh. Rashad and Barb could play Rick and Morty. Nah. That's right. They I pulled should, it off. It they was pulled it off at the Halloween party. It was great. Shout out to Rashad and Barbie. Well, here's another crazy thing about Stranger Things. The rap reported that Nielsen ratings now has ratings for Netflix shows, Hmm. which I didn't know they didn't, but we never hear about it. Yeah. Right? Here are the totals. 
both in terms of tune-in tallies and specific data sets, significance to the industry, these numbers, the ratings say that is 15.8 million people watched the Netflix Stranger Things season two premiere on opening weekend. 15.8. Of that overall live plus three days audience, nearly 11 members come from all the important adults, 18 to 49 demographic. While the subscription service, Netflix doesn't sell ads, they still target the young adults. Additionally, 361,000 people watched all nine of the new hour-long episodes on day one. Yeah, within 24 hours. Yeah. That's crazy. And all this tells me is we need to get a life. (laughs) (laughs) But it's worth it. And guess what? If Nielsen Ratings is doing this for Netflix now, you wait and see. Ads are going to start popping up. You're going to see you're going to see ads in between you watching movies. Just watch. That's why they're raising the price to Netflix. They are, but it's not going to be enough, dude. I'm telling you, these movies and these productions are are they're spending so much money on it. They're not going to recoup the amount of money they're going to make off subscribers because the majority of people that want Netflix has Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What is the overall gain Mm -hmm. every month or every year when when I would say? Everybody has Netflix. Yeah, everybody, everybody's using Netflix. Everybody has it or uses it. Yeah, yeah you're right. So how are they going to make more money? It has to be ads. I, so you're not going to see it like commercial wise, but you might see logos here and there um, in between the, the 16 seconds until the next episode. You might see an ad pop up like you're at a gas station and you see the fucking mm-hmm. little ad like that. We'll see. But interesting that we can rate shows now. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I didn't know we could. All right, let's finally get into. The Walking Dead. Because we haven't talked about it. No. In the last two weeks. We have two episodes to talk about real quick. We're going to go watch the episode that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And we'll come back and talk about it a little bit more. And I'll edit it all together. So let's talk about the last episode. Yes. I watched it today, so I do remember. You do? Yes. What did you think? Um, Well, well, by the way, we're going to spoil The Walking Dead right now. It's already a week past, yeah. It's a couple weeks past. It's a week past the last episode, so we're going to spoil it. If you don't want to be spoiled, uh, please uh, in, just forward it for the next uh, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in five, four, three, two, one, spoil. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So for the past episode, well, in the first episode, you see that this is all out war. They weren't kidding. They, you know, it's balls to the wall of war. But you only see success as far as the good guy size, you know, Rick and Maggie and, and Ezekiel's side. They, they, they just have success. They, they accomplished what they needed to. Great, wonderful, awesome episode, ton of action. In this one, you see that there's the trials and tribulations of war. People are going to die. Shit's going to get rough. You're going to have to make really tough decisions as far as who lives and who dies. There's a, there, you know, there's a mission, and if somebody's in your way, you have, to be, you have to decide, do we take prisoners or do we kill? That thing. That's, so that's what gets... That's what makes this episode more interesting is because there's more, there's more realness to what they're actually doing. It's not just, oh, yeah, there's success. No, no, there's going to be loss. There's going to be failure. There's going to be, oh, shit moments where uh, we need to get this done, and it needs to get done now by any means necessary. But are you ready to do those means? Are you really ready to do those means? And, and there's, there's the different, differing opinions between people the you know the uh, you know the Ricks and the Jesuses and all those people. What is actually going to have to be done? So that that's what I liked about this episode. It's uh and and the planning that it that that goes into it 
and how and you start to see how much Dwight is actually helping. Oh, big time, Rick and Rick and all of them. And but Daryl still calls him a prick. Oh, I would too. I'd yeah, still. I, I wouldn't. I would. I fuck him up. I still don't trust him as far as I could throw him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. well yeah. Daryl has a special place in his heart. Yeah, for, he does. For some Dwight. Yeah. He, yeah. Sure he, does. he does. Yeah, he sure does. Um. So yeah. So yeah. You start to see the extent. No Negan. No Negan in this episode, which is fine. Um. You, I, I still want to know what what happens between him and uh, Gabriel. I think we're gonna see that tonight, probably. But yeah, overall, a really good episode. Tons of action. You you get more of Ezekiel and Carol. And uh, which is always great because because uh, Ezekiel's a great character and the guy p- portraying him is awesome. Kari Payton, yes, he's he is, amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So overall, it was a, a really good episode. It was. I, I agree. And I thank God that you reminded me about the entire <laughs> episode right now because we did talk about the first episode. This is episode two. Yes. So we're talking about this one and the one tonight. Yeah. I'm a little tired. Uh oh. Not of a character. I'm a little tired of them doing these slow mo shots for ten minutes. Five minutes of <laughs> while they're getting up, or they're looking distressed, or they're looking happy, or they're like the first five minutes of the episode was just complete slow mos. And at the end of the episode, if I'm not mistaken, they went back to the slow mos again mm-hmm. and showed everybody's face. Like, put some content into it. Like, I get you're trying to be artsy, but we don't need the art. The whole episode was all fighting and war and battle. Just start off like that. We don't need the whole dramatic close-up of the face there was some amazing amazing shots rick walking down the hall when he, there were him and daryl were up in that building oh yeah this situation with him and the baby mm-hmm. and by the way what happens with the fucking baby they're gonna leave the baby there no he has to save the he baby. has to save the baby he's, right? he's gonna take the baby but he that's the last thing that goes out with him okay so so when they leave he grabs the baby because the yeah. baby's fine where she is okay yeah love seeing him look at himself in the mirror to see what he's become. Yeah, well, he he judged himself. He right judged there. himself. He's like, holy shit. That's right. He he he, uh, he he saw himself in Judith. He said somebody could have done this to me. Yeah, that and guy was only trying to save his kid. Exactly. Yeah. And when he said no guns, you know, he's he realized you know why and how and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that sucked. But the episode was great. I think every episode. Gimple said that every, the first four episodes are just going to be crazier and crazier and crazier ah. he said put on your seatbelts <laughs> so it was a pretty crazy episode like mm-hmm. if we got this episode like season four or something at the end we'd be really stoked yeah so right. yeah I, I thought it was action non-stop acting was great carol is i think starting to dig ezekiel mm-hmm. in other ways yeah i think that's right. well, gonna he, happen he basically laid out his his whole deal which is good fake it till you make it that's right he said fake it till you make it baby yeah <laughs> he's so out great. There, he's he so threw great. that out there he's like come on i know this is bullshit yeah. i know my whole speeches and what i'm doing is just bs but you know what this is keeping us going mm-hmm. and i gotta roll with it and it's roll with the two girl come on now what do you think about let me ask you less what do you think about jesus's situation about him saving these guys it's going to come back obviously to bite everybody in the ass i think that it has to be done I, I just don't like that it's him, but he's never been that guy. Remember, he, when we first were introduced to him, he was not the dude with the gun. He was, you know, just the parkour, mm-hmm. really skilled martial artist kind of guy that just, like, gave Rick and Daryl fits while messing around with them. But, yeah, he was never, like, the ultra-violent, and he never had the switch. That's the thing. You're seeing everybody, they have the switch flipped right now. Like Morgan? Morgan, but we'll see, that's a different switch, dude. So Uh. (laughs) let's wait for Morgan. Morgan's switch is like, it's, everyone else is like, okay, 
I don't have to kill anyone, but I will. So the switch is on to I will. Yeah. Morgan's is like he's going clear again. Like he was literally going there. He says, I can't die. He gets blown up. He gets up. No, he gets shot. He gets up and he just switches back to that Morgan that we saw in season three or four where he was just nuts. And it took someone to talk him down and he finally had to come because he was going to kill everyone, which that's what's supposed to happen. I just don't like that they are adding the conflict and they're making Jesus this guy. But you know what? Why he's, not? He's his Jesus. name is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he he's his name is Jesus. And like why not yep. have the conflict and why not have some measure of benevolence from there? I have a question for you. Morgan gonna die this season? Yes. Because the way they're doing it, they're playing their hand again. Yep. Yeah. So one thing I complained last year that they're doing all this Morgan, 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 Morgan. I don't die, I don't die, I don't die. And then at the end he's gonna fucking die. Yeah, Morgan's Morgan's gone. a goner. Morgan's yep. a goner. That sucks because I love Morgan. And then what I was going to say is I think what they're trying to do is these slow-mo shots are disorienting in a way that the characters are disoriented. So are we. (laughs) You have no freaking clue. I know what they're trying. I don't like it. Yeah, I know what they're trying to portray. I I hate it. Yeah, they're trying to fuck us, throw us off too. And it's like, what's going on? Yeah, okay, Did you know, because they're on the offensive right now. They're on the offensive. They're making these things work. Their, their their plan is going into action. It's really coming through in some regards, and in some, they they just now started hitting the snag here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna get to a point where we go, oh shit! The reason all this slow mo is going on is because they finally hit a wall. Because it can't just be them steamrolling all over it. Mm-mm. What I do like though is they are taking it to Negan. They're straight taking. I it love that to Negan, and they're going right to his doorstep and systematically. Taking everything out. And, and that, Dwight is helping with every part of it, which is, is really cool. But, yeah, I enjoy that the most. They did throw me off because I, I, I said that there's no way that they're taking it to Negan like this without having backlash right now. And, and it seems like they are actually taking it to Negan. And he can't do anything about it, so, which is really cool to see. And they're, like you said, they're winning. Yes. We haven't won last season at all, mm-hmm. and we're finally getting wins. And I think it's only a matter of time. That's why Gabriel was ended up becoming a hostage, because of freaking Gregory's punk ass. Fucking Gregory. Uh, fuck that guy, dude. That Negan guy will find bad. out. Negan is going to find out by jacking up Gabriel that, hey, Dwight's helping us, and that's why we're able to, you know, cripple you. Because uh. these are just crushing, crippling things that are happening to the saviors. And I can't wait to see what happens tonight. Make no mistake, our first victory will allow our second. Our second will deliver our third. My people, they're coming. And we'll get you to Negan. Oh, we won't. You know how dangerous this is. Who these people are. We have come this far. All of us still here. We will lose not one of our ranks. Okay, so we just watched episode three of season number eight of mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. Pretty crazy episode. A lot of shit goes down. War is still going on. Les, what'd you, you go first? Les, what did you think about this thing? A lot of wars, uh, different types, right. multiple conflicts. Uh, some were resolved and then some were not. They're leaving some things that are going to, they're making some mistakes, making some very bad decisions. The group, the axis of good i guess you're talking, about hill- jesus, you're talking about jesus yeah i'm talking about the hilltop alexandria and the kingdom especially in G- in part of jesus yeah he's definitely making some uh he's forcing bad decisions 
onto the group, forcing the group into very bad decisions. But uh, still a good episode, very entertaining. This is, it's all escalating, and yeah, it's all out war. There is no buildup, no slow, uh, <laughs> you know, the molasses is not flowing in this one. It is just grease lightning all the way. Yeah, every episode seems like a balls to the wall. Balls to the wall season finale, kind of, you know, other than people dying. We don't really know if the dude died, right? What's his name? Aaron. Or no, Eric? I think it's Eric. Eric and Aaron. Eric and Aaron. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw my money on that. He's a, he's a walker. Yeah. Yeah. I figured seeing the AK-47 or the sitting there. And the blood, yeah. And the blood. So he pretty much bled out. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to show him, which is odd. Usually they do show yeah. him. Yeah. But they didn't have him kill him. I, it's okay. It's a good, it's a good episode. A nice scene. Um, I thought Jesus is being an imbecile. It's going to come back to bite them. At least kill the one dude. I mean, just let one dude. Yeah, that guy. That doucher with the long hair. That doucher with the long hair's got to go. He's got to go. Come on. Whistling uh, Dixie and shit, yeah. And I can't believe they they let Gregory back in. Yeah, they're making some tough, some really bad decisions. The one person who isn't making bad decisions and taking no prisoners is Daryl. He is out of fucks to give. Mm -hmm. That guy is just going (laughs) in and he doesn't give two shits. You ain't on their side, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. awesome. Mm-hmm. What'd you think, Boo, about this thing? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, they're uh, they don't get the the full extent of of war. Like Jesus is saying, you know, we need peace. Well, to be honest, you create peace when you win. That's what peace is. You you don't work on peace until you've won. So at that point, when you've won and you can you can control what what needs to be controlled, then you have peace. But you need to do whatever it takes until that happens. And I don't think Jesus is prepared to do what it takes. I I hope something bad doesn't happen that forces him, but it look it's it's gonna have to. Um Morgan Morgan is he's lost it again. He's off the reservation again. Yeah, he's off the reservation again. Um I think he's gone too far now. I, I, I think he was prepared for war and ready to do what it, what it, whatever it took. And now I think he's, he's gone. He's gone again. Where's he going? Where did he go? Who the fuck knows? Jesus. That's it. Well, that's the problem. Thing. Jesus has forced him into because he went there. Like I said, he, everybody has a switch, and mm-hmm. they flipped it, and his switch is all the way up. So he's turned all the way. He ripped uh, the knob off. When you start doing the whole wait, 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 we can't do it now. Wait, 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 we can't treat him like this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the thing. Jesus has seen what these guys can do. Mm-hmm. He's seen them come up and murder people right in front of them, exactly. in front of him. Even, Morgan, even Gregory said you can't let those guys in. Yeah, Morgan has seen it happen. Rick has seen it happen. Maggie has seen Tara exactly. Has seen it happen. Tara, mm-hmm. they've all seen it happen. They know what type of people they are. So, yes, for Morgan, you and you know what? You need him in your ranks. This is a guy who's a very capable warrior, mm-hmm. very, very good soldier. You need him there. And, and you got you can't have him just walk away because of a moral conflict. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's going to, something's going to break down. Characters like Jesus that. Yeah, you, you need to save who you have now. Right. The people you have around you now are more important than the people you could have later. Or the people that are on the other side. Yes, it's, and, a f- it's a fucked up thing to do, but you need to protect what you have now. And and he has a point. You do have to live with the people you defeat when you fight in war. But I can tell you this much. If you beat 
the people at the outposts, those are all the assholes. Mm-hmm. The people that are inside the actual compound of the saviors, I'm sure if you show up and go, look, guys, we just beat everyone. They're going to be like, thank God, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, it's it's tough in there where yep. they're at. So, yeah, those are the people you would probably be more, I'd be more willing to work with and say, okay. But all these people at the outpost that are moving guns and polishing stuff and collecting mm-hmm. and all that, those are the ones that are jerks. Those are the ones that kill you, that will kill your brother right in front of you because you didn't bring enough cantaloupes like what happened last season. So, yeah, you can't mess around with these people. And they bring Morales back from season one, and they end up just killing him off so quickly. Help me. Who the fuck is he? Okay, so remember he had a family, and they decided, if I'm not mistaken, the same route as Rick and the group. So They were going to yes. do their thing on their own. Yeah, so they brought him back, all that, just for Daryl to shoot him real quick. Put a uh, bolt through his head. Yeah, that was really interesting. I thought he'd last a lot longer than that. No. And it, both things had that type of feel, even when Ezekiel. So at the end of the episode, where Ezekiel and they're at the, the they're at Gavin's outpost. Mm-hmm. So I guess they split up and they all went to different outposts. So they're at Gavin's outpost, yes. the Kingdom Ezekiel squad. And even while he's talking and standing there, he kind of you kind of felt like, oh shit, something's gonna happen. Yeah, it's, when he oh said shit. when he right when he said not one. It's eerie, yes. yeah. And then when you, with Morales and Rick, while he was talking, I had the feeling some Daryl's going to come up and blow this dude away. Yeah. He's, I'm waiting for an arrow to come through either his mm-hmm. eye socket or hit him in the head the other way, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah. very, very, very good. They're trying to make sure that they don't lose anyone because they promised at at the end, last, the last season at the end, Negan says, we're going to war, mm-hmm. and they're going to war. There, if full blown in the trenches, and the last scene with the uh, fifty caliber Shh. chopping those guys down, down, people, down, yeah, it shouldn't have shocked me. But everybody jumping on Ezekiel, holy shit, they are true fucking believers. Oh yeah, that was banana. I was like, when I saw, it, I was like, that makes sense. But seeing it, you're like, fucking a, they are, yeah, you know, I, uh, they're in it. Fake it till you make it. He's done a great job. <laughs> Holy shit, because they will die for this man. Yes, they will. And they're going to die on top of that man and turn into zombies on top of him. Yeah, yeah, he's got an issue. And we'll see what happens because about five of them fell on him taking 50 caliber bullets. And Carol's inside. Alone. Alone. Well, there you have it. There you have episode number three. A great episode. Sithless seal of approval. Yep. Yeah, I say yay. Yay. Yay, it is. It is approved. And we'll uh, review episode number four next week. Yep. All right, guys. Now, well, we have a voicemail from Richie mm. regarding The Walking Dead. So uh, let's dive into that one. Hey, Sith Heads, it's your buddy Richie. So I want to ask you guys a question about comic books and how they relate to television and the movies that, they, that they're the source material for. So I just read Compendium 1 of The Walking Dead. And I gotta tell you, I mean, that thing is fucking thick. I'll put a, put a nice dent in my chest every night. I read it, I would read a little bit every night before bed. And I'll tell you one thing, that thing's fucking great for home defense. I mean, not that I know from experience, but I mean, if somebody ever came into your house, I'd definitely consider throwing that motherfucker at them. But it got me thinking, like, you know, Daryl's character in the TV show isn't even in the book. And then, like, 
you know, Carol has such a different story and Andrea and Dale have such different stories from, from the TV show. And that's all well and good, but I started thinking about like some of the bad ones. So I guess my question for you guys is what in the television or movie universe that uses a comic book as its source material is the worst deviation from the source material. When you see a movie or a, or a television show based off a comic and you look at it and go, oh, why did they do that? The comic was so much better. What's the worst one? Interesting to hear that. All right, take care, guys. Richie, thank you for that question. Great question. Let's see. I, you know what comes to mind when you said that? I used to watch a show called Smallville. And it, I love that show to death. And it started this whole crazy CW and just like it started this whole television kind of like uh, villain of the week kind of portrayal of these superheroes. And they had a portrayal for about a season or two of Aquaman that I thought was just horrible. It was like they cowabunga surfer guy just in a wetsuit walking around. He was and, Bodhi. Yeah, it was just awful. He, he was just bad. So that would be my guy. Aquaman from Smallville. Smallville. Thank you very much. <laughs> I totally forgot. Well, go ahead, Boo. You're over there. So, yeah. So mine would be uh, uh, Venom and Eddie Brock from uh, Spider-Man 3. Oh, yeah. Topher Grace was a bad, bad choice. He didn't portray the character well in my eyes. And then the actual character of Venom was too small. Too small. Uh, if you, you have the opportunity with CGI to make him a bigger character, plus he doesn't have to be a real person. He just has to be CGI. He he was uh, he wasn't menacing enough. He wasn't daunting enough. He wasn't Tom Hardy enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, I yeah, I, I would hope that he's bigger. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, so that would be my pick. Yeah. Okay, Les. Very easy, hands down for sure. The X Men. All the, of the X Men. All of oh. it. All. You can't say all of them. Wolverine. And the reason why I will say all of it is because what will happen is this: you may get your main characters, and what they do, they stick to it. But it's all the fringe stuff that gets switched around and changed up and thrown around. Moira McTaggart is not a CIA agent. She is a brilliant scientist. They will never put that in there. You were always going to get all these different things. They just change these little things so much that it's so annoying and it drives me up the wall. But it is just an egregious mistake. (laughs) <laughs> that they're doing like is it, right. you want to talk about deviation like i said Moira mctaggart is a polar opposite of what she is portrayed as in the in the comics um i could go on forever who else blob x-men origins completely flips everything x-men origins oh, well, there you go you know what i think you just you just fucking light bulb yeah. The worst would probably be that De- movie Deadpool. right there just flips everything. Ah, Deadpool. Deadpool was awful. <laughs> You're right. So, so yeah, Deadpool was horrible. The Blob was horrible. Like, he didn't start off as some, like, buff, super strong dude who had self-esteem issues. <laughs> no, man, he's the Blob, dude. He started off catching cannonballs in a fucking circus. That's what he did. Like, he's he was the great sideshow attraction. But no, dude, they go ahead and switch this up. They they just jack all kinds of stuff up. And even in Deadpool, they switched a- Angel's powers. They switched Negasonic's powers. Mm-hmm. They completely messed things up. But that's I, I could go on forever. Complete, total deviation. 
There's your that's examples right there, that's Richie. A good one. And thanks I, for the question. I'm going to switch to Deadpool and Origins. That was awful. Yeah, that's 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 got to be one that, of the worst. That yeah, takes that a kick, right? right? Yeah, it does. Okay. That was atrocious, yeah. It was atrocious. You were correct. Good question, Richie. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, Keep it watching was. The Walking Dead. Please. Yeah, please. Let's listen to a voicemail from Josh, who sent it in last week, but we didn't have time. So I wanted to talk about it, and it's about Mindhunters. So let's listen to Josh. What is up, Sith Heads? It's Josh here. I'm going to preface this by saying that if you are not listening to a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left, and you are really into true crime, paranormal, um, mostly serial killers, that sort of thing, cults, that sort of thing, I would definitely recommend it. I'm not trying to plug on your show, Mirage, but I'm just recommending it to all three of you because you're cultured, seasoned gentlemen. And uh, I think you'd really enjoy it if you're into that sort of thing. If you're not, no, you know, no, no problems. The show that I wanted to talk about today is Mind Hunter. Now you talked about it a little bit, or Mind Hunter, excuse me. The book is Mind Hunter, so it's Mind Hunters. The show is Mind Hunters, all one word, but the book is Mind Hunter, and it's based on the two true, uh, true life that I've, I'm actually forgetting their real life names. FBI agents who really started. Uh, serial killer profiling or coined the term serial killer, but uh, really helped uh, to speed up the process when, uh, you know, when tracking down these individuals, because at the time they really didn't have a way of of understanding these people psychologically and and profiling them and getting them locked away uh, quicker because they didn't understand the the criminal process and the psychology behind it. So anyway, but if you're really into serial killers, God, it's good. And if you've ever seen real life interviews with these people like Ed Kemper, the, the, the interviews, they just nail it. Like, the actor just nails it. And you're just wondering. And it's like the idea of how do these people get so fucked up, this, like, perfect serial killer soup, if you will, their upbringing. And a lot of them have, like, terrible parents or they've been bullied to breaking point in school or, you know, they don't have good social skills, communication skills. They're just, you know, they're fucked up individuals and they're, like, view of reality or the consequences are just not, you know, they, they don't. They don't have the same understanding. But it's a really great show. And David Fincher, as you pointed out, he just has this way of, of crafting these dark storylines and these, like, you know, these, these true crime stories so well. You know, he, he did, uh, you know, Seven, then he did Zodiac. And he's got this really good way of telling these stories. And there's, you know, like, it's slow at some points, but it's all very factual. And, like, the idea that they, they found out what an organized slash disorganized serial killer is, you know, and what, what the process is there. It's subtle, but it makes such a difference when, you know, trying to, uh, to investigate these, these murders and rapes and stuff. It's fantastic. I couldn't recommend it more. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily the, uh, the true detective, uh, the answer to true detective. I think true detective is very different. In, in the way, this is more of like a Zodiac. It's more of like, you know, a biopic or something rather than like, you know, a fictionalized, uh, you know, crime drama. Um, but it's, uh, but, and it's got just fantastic serial killers. But I just find all of that really fascinating. All right. Take care. You know, stay safe. Don't get murdered. <laughs> Josh, I am so happy that you love this show. I am so happy that you're so into it. I haven't finished it yet because fucking Stranger Things came out <laughs> and took my attention. But I, I am definitely going to finish it right after Stranger Things. I'm almost done. 
I love what I've seen so far, and I agree with you on all fronts. It's really fascinating. I know Les said that it was the true detective, and you're right. It's not that much. It's not. It's not like a true detective. No, no, no. It doesn't have all those fantastical elements. Yes, in, but it's uh, like you said, Josh. It's like a a documentary. Yes. of what's going on, and it was. Uh, it is great, and it is fascinating, and I'm glad it's doing so well on Netflix. And I hope I haven't. I don't know how it ends, or because I haven't finished it. I hope there's going to be a season two. There's all kinds of serial killers to keep going. Oh yeah, so I would imagine. Um, well, for me, I, I I still have to finish it too, but I, I'm on episode four. Okay, but like you I'm, said, Stranger Things two straight elbowed their way in and bogarted <laughs> everything. Uh, but yeah, what I'm liking about it and what I want to see more is when they are talking. Because so right now, from where I'm at, they're talking to a serial killer, a guy who just talks what he talks, and I'm like, holy cow, and, man! And, and he just casually talks and Josh about is it. Right? It's exactly. I've seen clips of that real dude talk. That guy nails it i mean that is that guy it, it's it's uncanny how perfect he portrays the actual Shit, serial killer man. it was it's riveting and i'm like i need to see more i want more what uh i like the development i like how they are and it shows the the grinding that they're doing you know they mm-hmm. have to put in the wheel time they're driving everywhere they're flying everywhere they're traveling they're sleeping in crappy hotels and eating crappy food just Putting in the work and, and that part, you know, I, I really, really enjoy all of that. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I appreciate yes. how they're coming up with all these yes. these uh, theories and, and, and how to mold, how to incorporate academia in catching serial killers. It's, it's really cool, man. It's so cool. I'm, I, I enjoy, I'm glad that you enjoy it so much. Boo hasn't seen it. I got to, though. I, and yeah. you, he's going to, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about it when we finish it. But I, I appreciate it. We really appreciate the voicemail, buddy. Sorry it was a week late, <laughs> yes. but um, definitely keep them coming. We'll get them on one way or the other. Well, Josh, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, man. All right, let's talk Star Wars. Ooh. Yes, not much except for, mm-hmm. and we're a little late on it because we're coming out today. Uh, there was a new trailer that showed some new stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we're going to play it because it does say some new stuff, some new quotes. So I know you guys don't want to watch it, especially less. But he's going to have to listen to it. So let's play the new trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight. Now, before I play this, it is going to sound familiar from the other, from the other trailer. But there are elements that are different. So here we go. Let the past die. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Darkness rises. Light to meet it. I need someone to show me my place in all this. Come on! This is not going to go the way you think. Okay, so there you have it. So the major thing on this trailer that was there, but there's some visuals that are different, which mm-hmm. are very cool. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, I'm sure you have. But the major thing is we hear Snoke speak some more. And he says, the dark rises and the light meets it, mm-hmm. right? Got to Andy Serkis is so fucking cool, man. He's awesome. His voice, it, I mean, I, for some reason, Snoke sounds a little different to me. 
it just sounds so badass. Yeah. He's so cool. And visually, you can see him sitting and he's just sitting there in menacing his throne room, in yeah. his throne room. It just it looks fucking amazing. Can't wait for this thing to come out. Definitely check out the new trailer. It's unbelievable. Les, I know you don't want to check it out. Huh? Yeah, you don't want to check out the no, new trailer. No, I've had my ears plugged this whole time. What do you guys think? Oh, that's good. Okay, that's I smart. It, I get it. Very smart. Yeah, you, yeah you, you didn't miss anything. You saw the original trailer. This one was only like 45 seconds long. But there's to stay away, boys. Stay away. <laughs> stay it's away. coming. It's coming. I can't wait. Uh, were we less than, what, were we like 30-something days? Now, yeah, and then now we're dipping into the 30s, yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. Does it show too much? I don't think it shows too no. much. Except for... There was once oh oh no no no, no. here's oh, here's what it shows we're not even talking about it he walks into the Millennium Falcon yeah that was a bit much sorry Les yeah. he walks into the Millennium Falcon and it turns on or he turns it on or it, he or turns it, it, it on or it turns it on yeah that's I did not want to see that in a fucking trailer that was pretty that, the, the, the but that made the entire trailer it made the entire trailer but imagine that moment in the fucking theater yeah. It's well, a it's, special moment. Yeah, yeah. But 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 it's just like with Han and Chewie yeah, walking we're back. Home. Yeah, we're home. Yeah, that made the entire trailer. We were just like, oh my God, this is real. They're back. It's all back. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. They gave you the same reaction. It was, man. I got goosebumps when I yeah, saw Yeah, exactly. Him. Yeah. And the memories, he's probably just going just, through yeah, his mind. Just visualizing himself sitting in the chair, and, and, every, how everything's changed. And the yeah. question is, when does he go into that well, in the, well, the cockpit? Does he go in after he talks to Ray? After he's, he's feeling the death of... Han, or is this at the end where he's going to save the day? Because mm-hmm. yeah, because he's wearing a different cloak than he is when uh, he first sees Ray. It's the cloak that he's wearing is a darker color, and the one that he's wearing is more like a burlap or a gray. Yeah, color. Here's the question: mm. If it is in the beginning of the film, does he get that little sphere and have Ray train with that sphere? Is that too much fan service? That's too much fan service. And Remember, it, it, you saw the sphere. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In yeah. the first he one. Tosses in it, in yeah. episode seven. Yeah. He looks at it and tosses it. What if they use it? That's too much fan service? That's, that's too much. That's too much. And, and I think Ray at this point has already surpassed using something like that. I think yeah, she needs okay, more advanced yeah, training. That was, that was early on. And yeah. Luke's, yeah well, first well, she time already has combat experience. Skills in a she sense. Because she, she has the staff that she... Kicked ass with when before she was able to wield a lightsaber, right? But yeah, but she already has more Jedi skill or not Jedi's lightsaber skills than she should in any regard. That's true. All right, cool. Here's another thing there's some demands that Walt Disney is putting on the movie theaters. That's right. You hear about this? I did. An article from the Wall Street Journal early this week has some interesting demands on the Walt Disney Company. According to the Wall Street Journal, theater, theaters are required to run Star Wars The Last Jedi for four weeks straight without skipping a screening. And if a theater does this or miscounts its numbers of screening, then Disney cut of the ticket sale increases to 70%. Jesus. Normally, studios ask approximately 60% of the ticket sales for domestic theaters, approximately 40% internationally. But considering what a pop culture juggernaut the Star Wars franchise is, not to mention how well many Marvel and traditional Disney movies have performed in recent years, the number has gone up. Theaters are also required to run specific promotional material for the Disney's Last Jedi on exactly the day the studio wants because of this deal, specifically the extended period the movie needs to be kept around. Several theater owners in small markets have opted out to not show The Last Jedi because of these demands. Damn. So is this too much that they're asking? Or is this, you know, they have the power and they're going to use the power? It's not too much, but it's a slippery slope to being too much. I, I understand you, uh, the article is right. It is a juggernaut. They can do whatever the fuck they want. That's and 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 I get that. 
but it's slippery slope as far as how how the extent of the restrictions that they're uh, putting. The seventy percent that's 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 getting a little high because you know everybody needs to make money and they're making a boatload of money, so it seems kind of greedy off of that. And then telling the theaters what they can specifically promote. I understand the four weeks. Which I, I think is a, really, a nonsensical statement because this could be there for it's gonna longer be there than either a month. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think that's just stupid. But specifically telling the theaters, we ha- you need these promotions for our movies for these four weeks. That's that's a bit much. That's you know that's the bully walking in slippery the room. slope. Yeah, that's the bully walking in the room. Um, I don't, I don't think it's too much as of right now, but it could get. Yeah, but, you know, it could be up to eighty percent next year. And, yeah, and what, exactly. are, and what are they going to say? No. Yeah, yeah, you can't say no. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that's twenty percent of a shitload is a lot more than of zero, nothing. Yeah, zero percent of yeah nothing. Exactly. I get it. Hundred yeah. percent of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Les, about this? I think Disney can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yeah, I'm so the truth, they yep. can do whatever they want. So, so you yeah yeah they're big enough to, to dictate. They're what the big fuck enough they to do. do their yeah, yeah exactly. I hear you. I don't it think sucks. that's going to change. That's just it, the yeah. world we live in. No, mm-hmm. and then you know what? Other people do it. Tarantino did it for some of his, for one of his movies, right? He, he wanted it specifically at the Cinerama Dome or whatever. Yeah, in Hollywood. He, he, he wanted so he, it seventy millimeter. Mm-hmm. That's why he got pissy with Disney. and mm-hmm. Doesn't like them because Disney had that contract and they had to show. Uh, Rogue One, I believe, or Force Awakens is when he was doing the Hateful Eight. Mm. Yeah, so it it's there. Disney just happens to be bigger than Quentin Tarantino, I think. Yes, and so I they think. can <laughs> they can press their their foot on the neck of anyone they want. To. Right. Okay. Gotcha. We have some Han Solo news. You know, obviously, Ron Howard came in to fix things up. Thaddy Newton, who's on Westworld, mm-hmm. is going to be in the Han Solo standalone. She spoke with Entertainment Weekly earlier in this week about how much the movie changed when Ron Howard came in after Lord and Miller. So this is what she said. Apart from the initial shock and feeling bad for Lord and Miller not being able to finish their work, their work is everywhere in it. 90% of my stuff is with them. And it certainly wasn't about, oh, we have to start over again. It looks like Lord and Miller's influence will still reign over the Han Solo film. Well, the shitty thing is, is that we'll never see... Their full vision. Their vision, So yeah. we'll never know no. if it was as bad as they say or if that was just to make them, you know, keep them quiet kind of thing, you know, you know, so it don't look bad or something like that. You know, yeah, he, he might have been there, uh, just walked in just to tighten a few bolts and, you know, cross a couple of T's and dot a couple of I's. It, you know, he, he might be, you know, have the easiest, you know, directorial job of his career. Yeah. Or he might have, this all might be fluff and, he had to do everything. Well, I, I know one thing. It looked like he had a blast doing it. Yeah. And, he's, and his tweets just mm-hmm. were great. I, I agree with Carlos. We'd like to, I'd like to see what Lord Miller was actually going to be able to do. But then again, it also asks the same question. What, it, what would Ron Howard actually do if he got to start from point A yeah, to get to true. point Z? So that, that's uh, going to be interesting. That, that's another one that we're really, really waiting for. Mm-hmm. All right, we have an email. We have a couple emails. One from the John, whim. our man John. The whim. The whim. And I know John is, is going to be going through some procedures soon. Mm-hmm. And 100% we're with you, John, and the best of luck. We're praying for you. We know you are the man and you're strong as shit. And just you know, stick with the game plan and everything's going to be all right, my man. May the force be with you. May the force be fucking with you, John. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right, John. Stay strong, bro. Mm-hmm. Stay strong. Uh, hashtag the whim. Yep. By the way. And... 
We won't hate on DC when that shit's going down. So, just, <laughs> yeah. good luck. so here he goes. Hey guys, I was thinking about the potential future Star Wars directors, and with Black Panther coming out soon, what about the possibility of Ryan Coogler directing one of them? Ooh. Creed was kick ass, and I think Star Wars could use a freaking talented black director making predominantly black Star Wars film. What do you guys think? Mace Windu, Finn, Lando standalone, maybe a new character altogether. I'm down. Let this guy take the reins and turn Star Wars into a different direction. Do you think they should potentially give it to some time before tackling something like this? Love the show. Whim. I think we have a perfect person to go to on this question. <laughs> boo, boo, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Just no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Gonzalez, please. Oh, man. What's your opinion on this? Well, first of all, Ryan Coogler has just shot up. Like he's from Fruitvale Station to Black Panther. He's basically just come out. Creed. That's what I'm saying. So Fruitvale, Creed, Creed. Black Panther. This guy has definitely put his finger. He's he's basically just said, here I am. And he's stomping hard. He's from Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. Went to USC film school. And when you hear him in interviews talking he's got just enough hood in him to be that dude so yeah he would definitely take star wars in a different direction he would give us a much much more diverse look and he's got i mean he's got the pedigree like the work is starting is sticking out there for himself nothing stands out more for you as far as your work goes as a resume than being a director of movies i mean your work speaks for itself so i mean a Mace Windu? I don't know if people really want to see Samuel L. Stick kick doing his thing. I mean, maybe. I sure maybe. fucking don't. <laughs> Unless Tarantino's directing that shit. But maybe, want... maybe we hearken... anywhere near that shit. Don't come near my Star Wars. <laughs> but maybe we take Ryan Coogler doing a Mace Windu, but we do the buddy thing, and it's him and Yoda. And why not? Him and Yoda rolling around, or him and Ki-Adi, whatever. Let's do it. Let's go there. Uh, Maybe I don't know about a Finn movie. I don't no, know. I'll tell you what. I would love to see Ryan Coogler do a Lando standalone. Oh, After the man. success of Han Solo, I'm telling you, he'd be yeah, badass yeah. with Donald Glover. That him would be and, so him and, sick. And, and him and, him Glover, and Lobot. Him and Lobot walking around like crazy people. Him and Glover are contemporaries also, so they would they would probably bounce yes. some ideas off each yes. other and do something. The only reason why I would like to see more of a see Mace is because He's a Jedi master. Mm-hmm. He's got the purple lightsaber. And maybe we can push it to get at least one motherfucker in there. No. No. Just no? No. no. Damn it. No. We want to take Star Wars to a different area, people. Not that area. We want to bust down barriers, everyone. The only way you no. get it is like if like an alien race said something and they said, what, did he, what oh, did he call that's you? that's right. As, like a, as a nod. Just a nod. He's like, what do you call you? And there it is. There's dude. something. He's like, I'm, I'm not sure about the translation, but something about... Your mother, mother and, and something else. Fornication <laughs> like that. That's the most you would ever get. And that would be just just a nod, just like a We ain't hey. getting no Mace Windu stand alone. That's not happening. That is not gonna happen. A young Mace Windu. No. Not not, mean, dude? not Samuel Jackson, mean, but a young Mace oh, Windu. Oh, okay. Not Sam okay, yeah. But a young well, Mace Windu. You wanna put Michael B. Jordan because it's Ryan Coogler can only make movies with him? He no, man, Ryan what? Coogler can what? name oh. name a movie without him. Game over. Thanks for playing. <laughs> you, you're on to something there, Wim. That would for be great, sure. Wim. That would be Definitely great. Definitely on to something. Great question, though, Wim. That is a great question. Yeah, it would be cool to see him 
get get his hands on it. But keep them coming, buddy. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Coming. Our next email is from Robert Russo. Got a real quick question for you guys. Where the hell is my director's cut of Wonder Woman? I'm joking, but it's funny, isn't it? That the most critically successful movie doesn't have the director's cut like the two movies before it. What are your thoughts? May the force be with you, Robert Russo. I was under the understanding that there was basically the entire movie that we saw. Yes, that's so, the so thing. There was nothing. Robert, much the cut reason out. why we don't have a director's cut because they loved everything that they put into it. There isn't any big deleted scenes or something that Jenkins wanted in the movie. Mm-hmm. She is very, very happy with the movie, and that's what we're going to get. So that's pretty much why. And the critics did love Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and uh, for a reason. So everything that was there was pretty great, except for the last fight scene. But let's not get into that. <laughs> but uh, I would have loved the director's cut because I would have loved to see more Wonder Woman. Yeah. But thank you, Robert. Mm-hmm. You're the man. Send us more emails. Thank and, you for listening, uh, and thank you for sending emails. And Robert, are you related to the Russo brothers? He might be. That would be rad. <laughs> that would be, be amazing, awesome. man. Let's build this friendship. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's build this yeah. thing up, people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Thank you, Robert. All right, guys. I think uh, that might wrap it all up. We got a lot in in this little 120 minutes mm-hmm. of podcasting. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to episode number 65. We really, truly appreciate it. Thank you for all your emails, your voicemails. Your support on Twitter, your support mm-hmm. on Facebook, your support on Instagram. All your reviews. All your reviews. Oh, yeah. And please send us some iTunes reviews. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Those things go a long way. And we will see you next week on episode number 66. Ooh, order 66, yes, everybody. Yes, I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of the syphilis. Okay, it's childish. Give me no homegirl dropping like the NASDAQ. Move white girls like this coat up my ass crack. Move black girls because me fucking out too either. I love pussy. I love bitches. Dude, I should be running Peter and Adidas with some short shorts. B-O-O all over me. My green is where it's supposed to be. Your green is in my grocery. This Asian dude, I stole his girl and now he got that coach. He beat my dick. It's like an accent mark. It's all about the over. Hot like a parked car. I sound weird like a nigga with a hard R. Fly like the logo on my cousin's 440. Eating Oreos like these white girls that blow me. Vodka for my ladies. Whiskey for a grown man. Hanging in the islands looking for Earl like Toe Jam. I make the beat retarded, so I'm calling it a slow jam. Butcher and I know it, man. Kill me, go ahead. These rappers are afraid of him. Cause I'm a beast, bitch, girl. Invaders and get me no is a call, girl. Fuck Brand new whip for these niggas like slavery. Told me I was awful and that shit did not face me. Tell me how I suck and then my memory is hazy. You're my favorite rapper now, yeah, dude, I better be. Or you can fucking kiss my ass, you instead of me. You wanna see my girl? Like that dumb. You wanna see my girl? Check that some Man, why does every black actor gotta rap some? I don't know, all I know is I'm the best one. It's a burn Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk about. It's a bomb. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk
like an arch villain. I'm from the South Bank, I got no accent, don't know why. So this rapper's child's play, I do my name like Princess Die. Yeah, they say they want the realness. Rapped about my real life. Told me I should just quit. First of all, you talk white. Second off, you talk like you haven't given up yet. Rap stepfather, yeah, you hate me, but you will respect. I'm putting work Put my soul on the track like shoes did Plays for my cousin, now he can't even think straight Black and white music, now nigga, that's a mixtape Shout out to my words, they represent the realness Shout out to Gambino, girls, my dick is in the building I know you hate me cause your little cousin play me out I like black girls who nerdy, but 